Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another raw edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside my faithful psychic, Kevin Langley. We've got a big show, NFL Draft Reactions. I'm going to tell you why everyone's favorites lists are a bunch of bullshit and why I actually think that teams that people thought failed didn't. So, Kev, we got some news first, and we got Twitter questions from our loyal followers. Big show. Kev, we got some headlines. First off, the MLB is already talking about canceling games. But hold up, folks. There's some positives to it here. Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal both reported today that the MLB is looking to start midsummer. Or around that time, they're not sure exactly what date, but there is optimism. They are going to be canceling games and giving refunds. So it's probably going to be a shortened season, which honestly is a win-win because the MLB could use maybe a shortened season instead of games going into November. Maybe the, the World Series is in October. I don't know. It, it, to me, I, this makes sense. Yeah, I think the people who don't want a shortened season are arguing like, oh, stats, oh, this and that. Like, how do you compare? You just compare against their peers. Mm-hmm. Like. If if they go to a shortened season, if it's 100 games or whatever, and they hit 40 home runs and everyone else is hitting 35 or less, they were clearly the best hitter that year. You don't have to compare it year to year. Compare it to their peers to see how they stack up. You can also compare it career to career, not to – like, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, think about the people who played in 1994, played a shortened season. <clears throat> so I, I think this is kind of the whole – shtick about it, it i get the stats the stat head idea but at the end of the day it's not worth the argument in this way at least because i'm not i'm i'm sorry do you know how much is gonna okay let's just say for all intents and purposes the world series is um i don't know let's say okay let's just say alcs it's the yankees versus our angels right just throwing two random teams out there one southern one northern Let's say they're, the Angels-Yankees are playing Game 7 in Yankee Stadium. It's mid-November. You want to tell me that a ball coming off somebody's bat ain't going to sh- – it's not going to kill your hands when it's freaking 21 degrees outside in New York on a November morning or November night? Dude, it, this this makes so much sense to shorten it. With football, they're talking about a contingency plan. Contingency, not definite. Don't freak out. Where, like, it could go until, like, the end of February. But, like, that makes sense. Football can be played in the cold weather. Nobody cares. Yeah, and also, like, the beginning of February to, like, mid-February for the Super Bowl, compared to the end of February, the, the weather's not that different. Also, but, I'm also for moving the Super Bowl to President's Day weekend for obvious reasons, hangover-related. Yeah, that would also make sense. But also, like, there's a big drop-off in the temperature in New York, in, in New York, Boston, even, like, Kansas City, like, the Midwest, it's, the temperature gets much colder in a couple of weeks in October, November than it does in a couple weeks oh, in February. It gets stupid wet in the desert in the winter. Like, that's when it rains in the desert, is in the winter. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it just, I think this just makes the best amount of sense. Kev, Jamel Hill's already giving me a headache today. Oh, God, we got your Patriots involved. 
just just disinform our listeners here. Oh, by the way, political ideations aside, we are keeping politics out of this. But Jamel Hill clearly is not. Kev, rock and roll here. So the joke is that Bill Belichick's like Bill Belichick likes his white receivers. Mm-hmm. He might have taken that to new extremes with his newest kicker, Justin Rohrwasser, who right. has an all a far right militia group's logo tattooed on his arm. It's I'm looking up right now. I forget what, the three percenters. And Rohrwasser said that when he got They're, it, they they identify as completely alt right. But like they do, will they say they will defend themselves? I think is what their motto is, or something like that. I don't know. They're a right wing militia group, is what they're self described as. Yeah, they're not not neo Nazis, but they're not normal Republicans. They are far right. Yeah, and they're, he said they're, they're that from that gray area. He got it in before 2015 is when he got it, and he said he thought it was a pro military thing. He's has since said when asked about it. He's going to cover it up. He's going to get that changed or cover, just covered, whatever. I think you should just put a like just a black square over it on his arm. That'd be actually kind of dope, honestly. Like, there's been like times like, I mean, for those who don't know, I've got like two. I only have two tattoos, but they're both monstrous. So I have a little one. Yeah, Kev's got a little teeny teeny winty one. No, it's not tramp stamp. Before anyone asks. <laughs> And neither are mine. They're just on my shoulder blades. Uh, is that what you call them? Sh- like right here, shoulder blades? Or no, shoulder uh, blades. Shoulder back. blades back. Uh, like upper bicep. Upper bicep shoulder area. Yeah, I have both of mine. I have a half sleeve and a a, a tribal tattoo. Yes, I have a tribal tattoo. Do not judge me. <laughs> but uh, listen, 2015, this kid is how old? 22 years old. So you're putting him at 17 years old? Yeah. He thought honestly, I honestly would buy the military the military thing. I would buy that because at 17, Kev, I was a fucking moron. I, I believe you were too. Here's the thing though, like I it, almost buy this. It's like I'm not completely buying this because I'm like, all right, you got caught with something. Like I would have gotten it covered up if he knew what this was months ago. But I feel like he he should have known in the interim yeah. what it was. Yeah, he Someone should have been last five years when this whole, like, crazy – when the alt-right thing came to be bigger. Like, you know, you just you should know what this is. And I'm not saying he's definitely lying. He could just be an idiot. He is a kicker, so. But it's – where was I going with this? I'm not saying he's not it's, – it's problematic either way. Either he knew what it was and is trying to cover his ass or – he is the dumbest person alive and at no at no point realized it might be this or didn't research a tattoo. Like if he was a kicker in the 60s and couldn't research things like this, fine. Yes. You have the internet. If you're going to put ink on your body, look up what it is first and what it could be used for. But also he has other tattoos which kind of go along with – and I'm not saying that all these are definitely – like if you have a flag like this or something, you're definitely an alt-right person. But – a lot of his tattoos do kind of have gone along with what their message has been and adopted by. Like, he has a Liberty or Death tattoo, which kind of goes along with New Hampshire, but also the alt-right has adopted. Don't Tread on Me in the Gadsden flag with the snake is, like, that's also been adopted by the alt-right. I'm not saying – yeah, I know I ha- – well, that's different. That's join or die. I have a flag behind me and Jared Poyox are on video. He has a Don't Tread on Me, but then he also has a tattoo celebrating the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> <laughs> he might just be a moron. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> just like, an idiot. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Dave Matthews Band. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm not getting the I'm not getting the uh, the little Jay Z Illuminati thing on my chest. Like, come on, like, or like also, get the Illmatic across my chest, like my bicep. Like, come on. Also, people are saying like, oh, he's from West Virginia. Of course, he's not. He's from New York. Played his first two years of college ball at the at URI in Rhode Island. Basically, which is barely Division One. And then he transferred to Marshall. So, yeah. So, consensus, he's just an idiot? Consensus, he's an idiot. All right. Jamel Hill needs to just stop. Like, like we already get, like, didn't you get in trouble a couple weeks ago for tweeting something and getting yelled at? I don't know. It's it's become a regular occurrence with yeah, her. She, doesn't she, like, I think she just craves attention on social media at this point. Probably. I mean, since ESPN got rid of her, she kind of doesn't have much to do. I mean, like, I, I follow Clay Travis, who can be le- lean a little right. Clay roasts her repeatedly because for the same reasons I would. I respect – you know what? The, for a disclaimer before we start, and I, you know, you got like, oh, Jerry, you hate Jamel Hill. I'm like, no, actually, I just don't get this before the show. I used to think she was one of my favorite reporters growing up for ESPN. Like, why, I used to get so hyped when I used to see her on Around the Horn back in the day with, like, Woody Page and, and Tim Callishaw and all those guys. Back oh, when I ESPN. hate Woody Page. I love Woody Page. He's nuts. He's an idiot. Yeah, well, I, get, I like it listening. So I, it's, it's like listening to Jerry Jones talk. It's it's hysterical. But I, what? Oh, sorry. Finish your point. But it's here's the thing. It's like then Jamel Hill started going off. I, I, I get the pol- she went too political. Honestly, here's the thing, folks. You guys, I, you guys will hear me say this a billion times in my lifetime. Whatever, however level me and Kev get to with this podcast, or if I go work at a different network and Kev stays in his current occupational field, praying that doesn't happen to the poor kid. Um, as he giggles. Oh, um, my boss doesn't listen to this. Eh, I think he'll understand. You're 22. You're 23 years old, dude. Um, I would say basically like this about I don't care about your political opinion. Me and Kev try to talk politics sometimes, and I basically have a four sentence in. Was tell guys shut up, Kev. I don't care. Talk sports. Like that's this basically how I feel, and I think people should adopt that more. Like you have a right to vote. But that's basically what your power is of being an American. You can debate all you want about politics, but no, I don't care about your politics. So Jamel Hill, nobody cares about nobody cared about what she said, and ESPN didn't like what she said. They fired her. Now, Kev, what did she set tweet out about uh, your newest kicker in New England? Oh, I don't even know. I don't follow her on Twitter because I don't like oh, most of. Oh, you brought in Colin Kaepernick too. She goes, uh, for anybody keeping score, um, the Patriots kicker's a white supremacist, but Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. Or something along those lines. I think I might have mixed up some of the syntax in the words, but like the uh, pronouns or whatever. But that's basically the gist of it. Because I think she some is since deleted it. I'd have to go find an article to find this because this happened two days ago or three days ago. Whenever he got drafted. It might have been Saturday she tweeted this out. I don't even know. I I didn't see the tweet. I just heard about it. I didn't care enough to look it up. I looked it up just because I'm just like, oh, my God, shut up. I doubt he's a white supremacist, and if he is, he's not going to last long in an NFL locker room. Uh, yeah, no, that's – it's just bad. But back to why I hate Woody Page real quick. Okay, here we go. After the Alabama-LSU game this year, I was in the gym, and Around the Horn was on, and he was saying, like, oh, I don't care if they had five more quarters. Alabama wasn't coming back in this game. Alabama lost by five in that game, 
And yeah, outscored, that was the craziest game ever. Like, let's be honest here. And Alabama outscored LSU 28-13 to 13 in the second half. I'm not saying Alabama definitely wouldn't have won, or definitely would have won, but don't say they can't come back. They did come back in regulation. Yeah, that offense was absolutely disgusting. All right, back to more news after I get my Woody Page hate out of the way from one thing he said on one show. Kevin's extremely petty about sportscasters. Dwayne Wade and Aaron Gordon have beef. Or had beef. Why does Aaron Judge's body double and Dwayne Wade have beef? So after the um, slam dunk contest last year when all the oh yeah all the voters and stuff and judges decided, you know what? We're going to give them a tying score again to have another round, which is dumb. Dwayne Wade went back on that and gave him a 9 out of 10. So Aaron Gordon lost, and the Miami guy, I forget who was. Derek Jones Jr. Thank you, Derek Jones Jr. So he won. Aaron Gordon released a song, 9 out of 10. And take shots at Dwayne Wade during that track about how he screwed him out of the slam dunk contest. Dwayne Wade didn't, like, put him on blast or anything, but did respond. And then Dwayne Wade said he should trademark 9 out of 10, make some money. That's free advice that I won't charge him for it. And he sent the song that Dwayne Wade cost a million dollars, and Dwayne pointed out, like, you know, since I cost him a mil, here's some free advice. And that beef lasted all of a day because Dwayne Wade... Aaron Gordon came out and said, yeah, he said he liked the song. I said he liked his wine. We moved on. Clearly, you didn't move on if you took the time months later to write a song about it. Well, it's this is this just shows how, like, we need off-season news because this is what the biggest NBA story is right now. Um, I don't know. I think it's stupid. Aaron, the dunk contest has become ridiculous. There's too many. Everyone's done every dunk. Um, it's been... Also, like the way, like the Dwayne Wade being like the second, the last judge, it should just be like five old, like old school NBA players who've been retired. Like I like back in the day, it was like Dom Wilkins, Dominic Wilkins, and like Dr. J showed up, and like Shaq did it one year. And <clears throat> I think the NBA they've been trying to like way too overly celebrity this thing, and it's just become a ridiculous. It like come on, like we're not gonna get another Levine, Aaron Gordon dunk contest for a while, so let's just try to keep it as good as it can be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't get – I get the point of a dunk contest at this point, but also there's nothing new anyone can really do. True. Unless someone – like, unless Zion in a couple years can dunk from the three-point line. I mean, if he loses 20 pounds, probably that dude got a leaping ability. But other than that, there's nothing new guys can break out, really. Yeah, unless they start, like, doing, like, jumping off like jumping off of a moving car or something. I don't know. <clears throat> Jump off like the catwalks above the court, and if you survive, you win. Use the use the backboard to break your fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. not condoning this. No one try this. Yeah, no, I mean eh, Dallas Cowboys all player. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Speaking of, we had a we asked our Twitter followers. Um, what do you want us to talk about on the show? Questions takes whatever so uh you have a first one from our loyal listener pat donahue what do you got from mr pat uh pat asked how do we think 
the Dolphins will use two of this season? Does he think, do we think he'll ride the bench, see a few starts or be a full starter? I think he's going to see a few starts. I think Fitzpatrick will start the first four or five games. It's a shortened off season. Optimistically, just a shortened off season. We're going to be looking at Tua basically coming in and being like, Oh crap. I got to learn this whole playbook. I'm learning this from my house. It's, it's not going to be like the year where like Cam Newton came to the league and it was like a short, like where there was a lockout so you couldn't actually get your playbook. But it's still going to be short. It's going to be odd. I think Fitzpatrick will be kind of like the starter there for a while, for at least the first four or five games. Maybe less, depending on if they're losing or not. But I think at least he won't start the first two or three. Unless he comes out in camp just guns a-blazing, like firing off like bullets every snap. I can see them start trying to start Fitzpatrick all season. If he does a thing where he's just like game one throws ten picks and just is awful, basically does what Ryan Fitzpatrick does at the end of the season. Yeah, I can see them trying to ride Fitzpatrick for as long as they can, and then towards the end of the year, if either they're pushing for a playoff spot and two is not cutting it, or I mean Fitzpatrick's not coming it, or if they're completely out of the playoffs and they just want to give two some reps, I can see him starting. But I feel like he'll mostly be put in in like lost cause situations or blowouts where the other team's not really trying anymore. They don't want to get to a hurt again. True. All right. Uh, Let me just read the rest. Yeah, if you want to do it. Our very own Zach Mack. Yep, if you guys Zach. want to follow him, his handle is at it's Zach Mack. Um, he wants to know our opinions about the Lions picking up DeAndre Swift in the second round. And does this mean that there will be kind of a different offense in Detroit? He said, very used to having no running backs, and now they have two early-round SEC backs. Could host be high for once in Motown? Well, here's the problem with Carrion Johnson. He has basically, like, he's like the guy from SpongeBob. He's got paper skin and glass bones. But DeAndre Swift seemed pretty healthy most of his career. Big physical runner, but can break, break off long runs. He's had, and he also can catch the ball in the back. He's got that every down kind of feel. I honestly think it would be a good fit. I think there is hope. I think they're going to be limited to like 9-7, and 8-8 eight eight with Patricia, but that's still better than what they were. That's true. I think it's a really good fit. I think part of the reason they went out and got Swift was because Carrion Johnson can't stay healthy. And I think having two running backs will put make it so teams can't just get after Stafford and break his back again. True. However, I also don't think hope should be high in Motown this year because it's Detroit. They could have drafted the reincarnation of Dan Marino, Randy Moss, and Deion Sanders, and they would still find a way to lose at least seven games. I mean, I think you're a little harsh on them. It's not Cleveland, but, you know. I would rather be a Lions fan than a Browns fan. I wouldn't. Detroit has less championships than Cleveland. Uh, we'll, I mean, no, you're, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm just saying I think the hopes are a little higher, in my opinion, because I think oh. Baker has a Baker, – Baker's already smashed into a ceiling already. Hopes might be higher. They are higher, but I don't think they should be. Uh, I, I'm looking at it from this perspective as I – excuse me for that. Um, who we got next? <clears throat> Damian Leininger. I think I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I'm sorry. He said – he thinks the Colts had one of the best drafts. I agree. Buckner, Pittman, Taylor, Easton in the fourth to sit for a year or two, develop, 
is great. And he said Ballard's working magic. I agree completely, 100%. They're actually my number one winner when we do our winners later in the show. I loved the Colts draft for so many reasons. Michael Pittman is a big physical receiver to go along with the guys they got in free agency. <clears throat> he's a good route runner, and he's just he high points the ball well six four. I mean, you can't ask for better. Jonathan Taylor, me and Kevin raving about him all offseason. He's a downhill back. He's good to go. He's good to platoon with Marlon Mack and Nikhil Hines. That's a great backfield right there. And you have the quarterback of the future now, Jacob Eason, who can sit behind the old interception machine, Philip Rivers, for a year and learn what not to do. So, and I love it. I love every second. This Chris Ballard had a great draft. They need to fix that offense, and they got offense. But this means Jacoby Brissett's probably gone. Probably. I I love this draft for the Colts. I think it puts them in a chance to win now without just completely foregoing their future. Uh, the Rivers sign was a big move, but it, it clearly they're not sold on Brissett being their starting quarterback now or later. I think Easton might be a better option for them based on what they're trying to build. And I think I think if you're good enough to get drafted in the NFL, sitting for a year or two will only make you better. I don't care if you're a seventh-round pick or a first-overall pick. I mean, there are certain guys who you knew who they needed to just cut their teeth. Like with Wentz in 16, he played in, D, he played in FCS ball. So the speed difference, he needed to catch up, and it helped him. But like Rosen probably should have sat on the bench the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam Darnold – yeah, probably need to sit in the bench the first year. Uh, and, and if you get put right into it, I'm not saying you won't succeed, or and I'm not saying you'll never succeed, but it only helps. Like, look at Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Our last two MVPs sat for mostly the whole year. Or at least, uh, ten, at least 10 games. Yeah, Jackson went in later in the season, and Mahomes played a bit. But sitting for a year and getting, letting them get acclimated to the NFL helps them. Exactly. I hate the fact that the Colts had a good draft. I still hate the Colts, but... Deflategate, deflategate, deflategate. I was talking about Peyton Manning, but yeah, that whole sham of deflategate that the linebacker who picked off Tom Brady said he never gave the ball to someone to say it was deflated. Yeah, well, the NFL out here trying to change history. All right, Kev, who's next on the list? Our last, last question from Stay Tuned Sports. Jimbo! It's on the Belly Up Podcast Network. If you want to follow them, it's at ST Sports Podcast. They ask, they're asking for you, Jared, and every other Eagles fan. What the fuck, Howie? Jalen Hurts, question mark. Foles is gone, so there's no more questions. So let's bring in another quarterback that could start on other teams and bring the controversy back. That's a very nearsighted way to look at this, uh, Jimbo. Uh, first off, I, Kevin, had to hear my play-by-play of every waking minute this weekend of my draft analysis. The poor kid had to get, what, a 1,000 text messages from me over the last 72 hours? No, 999. Yeah. All right, so let's just start by saying I gave the Eagles draft class a solid B. It could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse in the last 20 years that I've been an Eagles fan. And... The Jalen Hurts move makes sense in three reasons. One, Josh Josh McCown can't play anymore. Two, Hurts can be the Taysom Hill, but actually has quarterback mechanics. He's raw, but he's not as raw as Hill was when he came in, and he's not as injury-prone as Hill was. Three, 
they like they want to use a package with him, like doing all this crazy stuff. I am all for that because you know what? That'll one it'll keep it'll you know give Wentz a play off the field and two it's gonna just add another thing for teams to fear on our offense. Besides the fact we got we drafted three receivers that run a sub four four. So pro day times, sorry, because you know we have the I got into the argument about Jalen Rieger's forty time with a Cowboys fan, but he's he's illiterate when it comes to football. Um, basically. In total, because we're going to move right on to this, Jimbo, I like them. I, I think if they could have picked Ertz in the third round, whatever, but I liked every single draft pick Philly had. I loved Kayvon Wallace. I loved him as a early second rounder, but we got him in the fourth. I loved t- the guy we got at the Colorado linebacker guy whose name escapes me right now. Dude ran a 4-4. He's, a, he's, so, he's so quick. He, we can use him in coverage. I love Hightower. I love Quez Watkins, man. That dude can flat out fly, and I love Jalen Rieger's tape. Yeah, he's raw, and yeah, he has a couple drops, but he also had one of the worst quarterbacks in the Big 12 last year. That was a defensive team. So <clears throat> I think we had a great draft, and we got Carson a lot of weapons, and we put some new weapons on our defense. So honestly, in all, Philadelphia is a winner to me. They're not a big winner, but they improved, and they are better than they were when I walked in. They're, they fixed their needs, basically, or at least they, they're attempting to. I like the Ertz pick. Um, I know we've gone to arguments about Carson Wentz's ability to stay healthy and if it's freak injuries or if he's just going to be one of those guys like Bronx. Puppy when he was a kid. I think this is, what, it, it, this is payback for his first four years. Hey, but, so I like Hertz as a backup because Philly does need a competent backup until Wentz can prove to be healthy. Then they can take one of the, like, one of the veteran journeymen. I hate it if they're going to use him in a Taysom Hill role because part of the reason that makes that Taysom Hill role so valuable is he was undrafted. They did not have to use a high pick on him. Yeah. Um, and then also, I've seen reports they're talking about using him just as a running back at times. I hate that too. Halfback pass. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Listen, I'm up for anything that wins us games. Yeah, if if he wins you games doing that stuff, that's if, fine. If we... But, Okay, if we're if okay, let's say we're in Lamb, we're we're in Candles, we're in uh, Levi Stadium, NFC title game. We're taking on the Niners, and we're losing 14-10, third quarter. Our offense cannot get the ball going because that defensive line of the Niners is terrifying. Come on, Kinlaw, Bosa, Armstead, and uh, D Ford. It's gonna be a nightmare for anybody who plays them. Let's just say we run a little. Uh, they line Jalen Hurts up at halfback, and they run a little halfback pitch pass. So Jalen Rieger and Deshaun Jackson, oh, look, now Philly's back in the game, and that shifts the momentum. I'm all for it. That's not what they're talking about, though. I know. you're. I don't make a trip confirmed to a halfback. That sounds like That's what they want to do. They said they want to use him as a straight-up running back, and they're talking about that. Part of the reason Jalen Hurts was such an effective runner is because he could pass the ball. If you try to just make him a running back, like try to run him right up the middle, he's not going to be nearly as effective. I also think that a lot with Philadelphia, a lot of what they do is smokescreen. Yeah, and I hope for Jalen's career that they don't try to convert him to a halfback. I told I told you the best case scenario. I think this is what's hopefully going to happen is I think last year once could play 16 games. If it wasn't for one freak clowny hit, we're still having a different conversation right now. Philadelphia two years they kind of bring him in when Phil, when it, like you know Wentz doesn't have to play. They kind of groom him, groom hurts, and they're like, hey Buffalo. I know Josh Allen's trash, 
You want a quarterback who's mobile and's got a cannon? Take him. Second round pick. Well, they already got a quarterback who's mobile and has a cannon. I mean, who's more accurate? Hurts actually can read a defense. Hurts Josh. doesn't have as much of a cannon, and Hurts cannot read a defense. Probably better than Allen. You see some of those those reads, man. I think he's on par with Allen right now, but I think another team would probably try to trade for him because I feel like if they called Buffalo about that, they'd go, "Oh, you mean you want to trade for basically the same guy?" With I would be making an example though. So like, I don't know. Like, call Oakland, because this Derek Carr thing's going to blow up in their face, and Mariota's useless. Jalen and Oakland with Henry Ruggs would be a fire. Oh, yeah. Kevin would be having, like, an Alabama renaissance up there. Oh, so before we get into our draft talk, I'm very, very mad. At who? The NFL. For what reason? None of the Alabama players that I wanted. Like, I wanted them to go to a team that's irrelevant to me. Not necessarily a bad team, but, like... Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy to Minnesota or, say, Tua to the Chargers or Jalen to, I don't know, Seattle. I mean, so you, I could buy one of their jerseys. You could wear a Philly jersey. Nobody really completely hate you. I'm not wearing a Philly jersey. If Jalen was a starting quarterback, I might. But I'm not wearing a Philly jersey for a backup. I'm not buying a Miami jersey. I told my dad that. I'm like, oh, I wish he went somewhere else so I could buy his jersey. He's like, you're not buying a fucking Miami jersey. I'm like, that's not what I said. I mean, you could probably buy a, a Henry Ruggs jersey. It's Oakland. Who cares? Yeah, maybe. But I would rather have a Judy or a Tua or a Hurts jersey. Fair enough. Uh, any, took us any, to- any Alabama defenders going the first round? Or was it all offense this year? Um, I don't think Is any defenders. Um, McKinney was no McKinney fell to the second, didn't he? That's the Giants. You can buy a McKinney jersey. I would rather kill myself. <laughs> um, it's very weird, also that. For the first time, what feels like forever, Alabama's first-round picks were all offense. Hey, listen, my Hurricanes didn't have a fir- our first guy off the board was Shaq Quarterman, round four to the Jags. Hey, you're doing better than Ole Miss. They didn't have any draft picks. That's insane to me. Um, I don't know. Next year, Philly's gonna have a couple guys. I think Alblaze Jr. might be a, a mid to a mid-second, third rounder. Um, Amari Amari Carter, our safety. <laughs> And uh, Mike, um, Zach McLeod, I think, also is the other one. Michael Pinkney. One of our other, one of our outside linebackers has, like, first round, a first-round grade because he's faster than Quarterman. I, All think right, we, um, I think Alabama has three first-rounders next year at, right now. I think Philly – I think Miami's got one. But hey, one's better than none. So, all right. Um, yeah, so that's it for, like – all right, so, Kev, let's start breaking down the draft now. What's our honest reaction? Who's the team – we'll start with this. Who's the team you think had the most overrated – Draft class. Draft uh, class. Overrate. Ooh. I think the Cowboys, honestly. Wait, you took my pick. <laughs> like, yeah, C.D. Lamb was a great pickup for two reasons. He's a good receiver. If they if they end up using him in, as their number two guy behind Cooper, I think C.D. Lamb will be very good in that role. They're not going to. They're going to use Gallup. And also, taking Lamb screws over the Eagles. So that's addition by subtraction there for a uh, division rival. But they didn't do much else. They didn't really improve anything else. They had some fine picks, but nothing great that really helped them. Yeah, the way I look at it, and the reasons I said this, one, you just basically come out on one reason, is one, Lamb's best when he's the primary weapon. <clears throat> and the thing is, you, Cooper's still going to be there, and Gallup's still going to be there. We're going to make him take Cole Beasley and Randall Cobb's slot? He's not going to dig that at all. And the thing is, oh, he's going to catch – he's only going to catch 40 balls a year. 
Because everyone's acting like Dak is this efficient quarterback. He's really not. He, he's a good game manager who had, had great statistics and garbage time. And also a lot of uh, broken tackles with Amari Cooper running down the sideline. Um, I look at this tra- this dra- their draft class, and the other thing that bothers me is like, all right, one, Diggs. Kev, Kev tr- tried to plead with me. This guy's a bad, not a great cornerback. I watched his tape. Dude's sloppy. He's real sloppy. He relies on his athleticism to catch balls, and it's not good. Um, besides that, they just had a bunch of no-name guys who really weren't, like, wowing me at the combine or even at college football because for how much I watch. So I think everyone's, like, really overhyping them. Oh, they got C.D. Lamb! And I'm like, yeah. They didn't fix their quarterback problem. Also, look, if I tell you an Alabama guy is not going to be good— You know I, he's trash. Imagine how much it takes for me to say that at all. Oh, okay, you guys, yeah, the Patriots got a Miami player again, so— I got Jeff Thomas. He's a fast kick returner, kind of a Dorset type, so you might like him. Better hands than Dorset, though. I like to hear that. Yeah, he's gonna be. I swear, he's gonna be a decent receiver. He won't be like a Pro Bowler, but he'll be a solid number three. I, th- I can't believe he went undrafted. Um, yeah. So that's my most overrated draft class. My most underrated, and this is even fan bias, is Phillies. Because the whole point of the draft, Kevin, is to improve on what you had last year. Correct? Yeah. The Phillies' biggest problems were safety depth, corner. They're going to the offseason before free agency started. Phillies' biggest issues were they had no backup quarterback now because McCown retired and he, had a, he basically tore his hamstring being a, a gladiator on the damn field. That man's a national treasure. Um, they had no receivers. Greg Ward was the best receiver down the stretch. They only had one running back left. And they, like, honestly, they didn't really have a lot of depth at linebacking core or secondary. What do they do in the draft? They draft four receivers. No, they draft three receivers who are run sub four fours. They go and trade for Marquise Goodwin for basically peanuts. I mean, as much as he's an okay, an okay deep threat, Kev, basically they got him for free. And then on top of that, they go and get Kayvon Wallace, who I think is going to be a steal of the draft this year. The guy's a very kind of like Malcolm Jenkins kind of safety where he plays really well in the box and in slot corner, but he can play center field. Hell of a hitter. I think he's going to be a good replacement when either Rodney McLeod or Jalen Mills struggles at safety. On top of that, they go get a fast outside linebacker, and they're bringing Nigel Bradham back, which I love on a cheaper deal. They get a couple of backup offensive linemen to develop. They get a quarterback who they use for different packages and as a backup. They filled their needs. They didn't go out and make a splash. They just got what helped. And Rieger's ceiling is very high. They still have Deshaun Jackson. And for now, they do have um, Alshon Jeffrey. I see them moving him in the next couple of weeks because he did take all the, his Philly stuff off of their off of his profile. But I think there is a, they are a draft class that everyone's sleeping on. Only because everyone's acting like they lost the draft. And I'm like, but they didn't, though. They fixed their problems. They had a very, like, Belichick, Andy Reid kind of draft where it wasn't any splashes, but they, they they filled the holes, basically. They didn't make any big moves. They just basically filled the problems. Because they have superstars. They have elite players. But they build things with guys with a lot of potential. So that's my opinion on that one. Who is your most underrated draft class, Kev? Not underrated in the sense that, because they had, I mean, Miami drafting two was the talk of the draft, but 
I think Miami, outside of that, I think people aren't looking at how good of a draft they had. Yes. Austin Jackson is relatively raw in the passing game. He's a good pass walker out of USC. But they took him in the mid-first. He fits their timetable well. If they can teach him how to pass walk a bit better, by the time Tua is ready to step into a full-time starting role, Austin Jackson will be ready. They took, I can't even pronounce his name, Noah... Igbenajin, I guess, at cornerback. They have a lot of cornerbacks, but this kid's an athletic freak. Both of his parents were Olympians. Yes. It, it doesn't even matter. If they decide in a, during training camp, like, hey, this guy's not a great corner. We're going to have him return kicks and maybe be like a running back receiver type sometimes. That could work. Just this kid's athletic enough to do that. And then – Robert Hunt, more line help to give them some help because their line was bad last year. Raquan Davis on that D-line, if he stays healthy, that guy's a stud. Could have been a first-rounder if he didn't get shot and miss time. And it's a lot of – and after that, it's kind of things they needed that will help them get better. And that's – this draft only reaffirms my position that they're going to win the AFC East. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. All right, so for me, okay, so we're gonna. That's I, I agree with the Miami thing. I think it's like they they had a good draft class. It's just I think people are really overhyping. All right, so I'm I'm the conductor of that hype train, though. Yeah, I know you've been driving. Which my dad's gonna kill me when he hears this because being a Patriots fan, he'd be like, "What the fuck, Kevin?" But I, I might change my Twitter handle to Chief Operator of the Speed Factory, just because that's apparently it's where Philadelphia media is going by now. I should change my Twitter handle. It's Former St. Louis Battlehawks analyst Rip XFL because I tweeted twice about the Battlehawks. <laughs> you know that league is that league. It wasn't great, but there was like some promise there. That's what the best part was. I like I tried to sell one in the AAF last year and it was just like giant failure. Yeah, coronavirus screwed them. They would have been fine if this didn't happen. Yeah, I know. We were supposed to go to a game on the 28th. Remember? Yeah, I'm so mad. All right, so. Can I give my thoughts on the Patriots draft since you kind of gave yours about the... Yeah, yeah, yours might actually fit in where yours didn't, so go for it. I hated the Kyle Duggar pick. You're going to trade out of the first round and then take a D2 safety in the second. But the more I hear about this guy, the more I love the pick. He's athletic. He's big. He can play linebacker if they need him to. He can return kicks, six punt returns. I know it's all D2, so the stats don't really matter, but in a Belichick system, this guy can do fine because he has the athletic tools to do it. And if he's a smart enough player, he can do fine. And they didn't take a quarterback, but they somewhat fixed their tight end issue. None of the guys they picked at tight end are great right now, but none of the guys at tight end were great last year. They took, um, There's only one way to go but up. Exactly. They took Asiasi, I think, in the third or the fourth. Raw guy can do fine, though. He's athletic enough. He's a good vertical threat guy. And then Dalton Keene at Virginia Tech, big body guy, not going to be great, but it's better than what they had. And then they took, as we talked about, the all right kicker. Hmm. And which they needed after releasing Goskowski this offseason. And they took Anthony Jennings, and I love Anthony Jennings out of Alabama. 
I mean, it, it wasn't a bad. It's not bad. It's just like I just I think Belichick this year is just trying to throw him, like darts at a at a blank dartboard and see what he hits underneath it. It's not bad, but people wanted them to have an explosive draft. They wanted them to take a quarterback, like one of the top quarterbacks. They wanted two to fall or them to take Jalen. I wanted Jalen more than anything. I did post a few times, give me Jalen or give me death. But because Philly decided to be assholes and take him in the early second round, I did not. I don't want them taking Jalen at 37. If he was there in the third and they didn't take him, I would have been pissed. Fair. All right. Winners and losers, Kev. We'll each do, uh, what do you think, one or two? Ooh. What's our timing at? We are at, like, probably 37. All right, so you want to just do, do you have any weird stuff for me in sports today or no? I do. All right, so maybe we'll just do one. All right, biggest win, actually, you know what, I got a tie. So, biggest losers in the draft are the two teams who played each other in the NFC Divisional round this year. The Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. Holy mother of God, Philly, Saint, Philly, San Fran, and every other team in the NFC is just laughing hysterically this morning because a lot of NFC teams shot themselves in the foot. First off, let's talk, let's talk Packers, guys. Let's talk Packers here. So the Packers' biggest issue was they only have one legitimate weapon besides Aaron Jones, and that's a bona fide number two receiver, Devontae Adams. He's a good okay. He's a he's a one he's a one B kind of guy. He's a, he's a he's a good number. He's a good top fifteen receiver. All right. Besides that, they have nothing. And in Instagraphic, Aaron Rodgers only has one passing touchdown to a Division one uh, to a t- uh, a first round pick. That should tell you something, man. And last but not least, let's really start rattling this in even more. You draft a backup quarterback in the first round, and I found out later it's just a power move. It's not even for it's not even for the future. It's literally just Lafleur. It's reported now that Matt Lafleur drafted him just to tell Rodgers he's not going to take his crap anymore. And I'm like, wow, this youngin's got like some cojones, man. He has no no care in the world. They don't draft a single player. They draft a power back in A.J. Dillon, who you said was going to be a steal. So good uh, good catch on that one. Um, yeah, and they draft a t- another tight end. They draft a line. They draft some linebackers, and they draft John Runyon's kid and an edge rusher. And it's just like they draft my boy Jonathan Garvin out of Miami, who I think is going to be a steal. But like. It's, it's just like they were like, you know what? Who needs to score points? We're good. Oh, man. Packers freaking terrible. And my other one is the Seattle Seahawks. How do you draft a linebacker who's projected to go in the third round in the first? This isn't Travis Frederick where the Cowboys reached up 60, like 60 things to get him because he was the best center in the draft. Their first-round pick, Brooks, was projected to go to Philly in the second round at the earliest, because they needed linebacker help. How do you reach that hard on this? And I think, who else Who else was in that class? I'm looking at it right now. And Darrell Dar- Taylor. I didn't even know this guy, Who's how high this guy. The guy was supposed to go not go into the third or fourth round. <clears throat> and they did get my boy DJ Dallas out of Miami, who's going to be versatile in that backfield, so they added depth to their no-name backfield. But still, man, come on, Seattle. 
They just, I think they. I think John Schneider secretly hates Russell Wilson. All right. All right. My losers, or loser, are the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. Yep. There were three top receivers. Really, in my mind, there were two. There were Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. When the Raiders came up on the board, they still had Judy available. They still had Lamb available. But the ghost of Al Davis possessed Gruden and Mayock and is like, nah, take take the fast guy. Take the fast guy. And they took Jerry Judy. Not Jerry Judy. Henry Ruggs, sorry. I'm just this worked about. They took Henry Ruggs when they still could have had Judy, who's, yeah, a little slower, but a much better receiver. And then, yeah, like, the Packers are kind of a loser now, but this fits their M.O. Uh, they want a guy to sit. They took Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was 36. How old is Aaron Rodgers right now, Jared? 36. He's 36. His contract's got a couple years left. If Rodgers doesn't resign, this move is going to look like a genius move from LaFleur if they can develop love. And also, I, I got to put it, I think the Eagles are losers too. The the Hurts pick doesn't make sense. They could have gotten a better, like not better, but a fine backup in the sixth round if they wanted to. Jake Fromm, I don't want to start for my team ever. No one should. But he's the kind of guy, he could be an okay backup. He's a smart player who can make throws you need. I, you don't think, take, I think there's like six other teams you could put in front of Philadelphia before you call him a loser. Maybe. I can name six right off the bat. Packers, Seahawks, um, Bears, I, uh, Raiders, five. I would also throw in uh, the Jets, too. Because I, uh, I think Becton's going to be my have an issue. So, I mean, I don't know. I just... I think you could you could throw you could sell me Philadelphia being in the bottom ten for now, but I don't think they're a loser. I think they're just no. different. I'm just going. I think they're a loser because of the Hurts pick. I don't love I don't love Regor as a receiver. Rieger, my bad. Um, I think he if they think he's best available, fine. But I think I don't think they're gonna get blasted as much for the Jalen pick as they should. Oh no, Philly media torn them apart. Just national media just doesn't care. Which makes no sense. Because Philadelphia loves Carson Wentz, and finally. Oh no, it make it doesn't make sense that the national media doesn't care. I feel like that should be a talking point. No, that they- it was on ESPN for about thirty seconds, but then they like moved off of it. I think your your uh, your new kicker kind of helped with that fact too. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so. I have my winner right now in the NFL draft, and it's pretty simple, actually. Also, oh, yeah, by the way, I put the Steelers. They had a crap draft, too. I think uh, is Cincinnati Bengals, dude. Like, they could have just sat on their laurels after they went and got Joe Joe Burrow. And I also tie with the Ravens, too. I'll, I'll do a tie because I think the Ravens had a great class as well. But you want to get Joe Burrow. Then you will get another receiver. So if A.J. Green does walk next year, you have a replacement who's got a similar body type in T. Higgins. Then on top of that, 
you go out and get Hakeem Davis Gaither, not a bad edge rusher, and you also get uh, you, they just load up on their defense afterward, all depth, and they got Logan Wilson on day two, who's a solid linebacker as well. It's not a bad they they did good, they loaded up and they got a franchise quarterback. So I mean, I am all for what they did in the Ravens. Oh, the Ravens, man, they just found a way to get even better. So. Not only did they go get Patrick Queen, who's my favorite linebacker in this class. Honestly, if he fe- if he fell to 21 in Philadelphia, so I come up and like, you know what? Oh wait, no, he did fall to 21, right? Yeah, he had. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. If yeah, it was taken at 28. If, they, if we didn't have Rieger, Jefferson, or Lamb available, and they took Patrick Queen, I wouldn't be ticked about it. I mean, that's a nice little compensatory. Or if we got him the, with that Jalen pick up and hype, Patrick Queen. Best linebacker, in my favorite linebacker in the class besides Isaiah Simmons. They get J.K. Dobbins in the second round, who's explosive, can take over a game to kind of go on with the aging Mark um, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. Oh, wait, am I Gus, Gus Edwards? Who's, who's the backup running back? In, uh, I think it's Gus Edwards, right, in Baltimore? Um, uh, well, yeah. the thing about their backup is really Mark Ingram because Lamar Jackson is running back one on that team. Oof. All right, they also got – Devin Duver- Duvernay, he was a missile, one of the fastest receivers in the class, um, to help out Mr. Um, Mr. Jackson. So I-, I love what they did there. Now they also get James Forrest, too, who's a nice little route runner, gets open. I think they the Ravens just just got better. So NFC North big winners, AFC North big winners today. Yeah, I. Well, this might be because I follow. Ashley on Twitter, who hosts Talk the Plank, part of Belly Up, uh, but she's been very high on the Bucks draft class. I have to agree with her. It's all right. It was I, I put it like in the top fifteen, but like it's not like a big winner to me. What was their big question going into this draft? Offensive line and corner. Tristan, Tristan Wirfs fell to them. True. I, so I think it was circumstance. That works fell to them, but Winfield in the second round. Good playmaking safety. Good playmaking safety. Keyshawn Vaughn at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt doesn't really have good players outside of, like, Jay Cutler. Smoking Jay Cutler. We'd also like to um, say we give our condolences to the Cutler family with the recently announced plans to divorce after 10 years of marriage. Who would have thought that after Jay Cutler proposed decided he didn't want to get married to her, and then decided he did and just mailed her the ring. Who would have thought that didn't last? Well, there you go. I mean, also, I mean, I think also being stuck out of the country for the past two weeks has kind of probably helped. Yeah. But, oh, and then back to my initial point, though, of Vanderbilt. Keyshawn Vaughn, running back out of Vanderbilt, he's fine. He's a good— He's not a bad back. I liked his tape. Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota wasn't bad either. It's just the issue is, like— they didn't fix their cornerback issue. That's my issue. I love Winfield Jr. I think he's going to be the best safety in his class besides um, my boy, him and uh, Watkins out of Clemson are going to be, I don't know, what what's the guy's last name? It's killing me right now. Um, I think it's Wilkins, Kayvon Wilkins, but Philadelphia's four-round pick. I think those are the two best safeties in the class. I think your boy McKinney's going to have an okay career in New York, but the problem is with no, with no corners in uh so no corners in New York is not going to help him much. But I think I like with a Winfield pick, it's Kayvon Wallace. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, no. 
I think they had an okay class. I loved Worf's, but I think when you I look when I look at these classes, I look for all the way from first all the way down to the bottom. And once they got past round two, I'm like, eh. like I look at Dallas right now, I'm just like, dude, this is not a deep class at all. They didn't really solve any problems. They just tried to load up on what they're better at. It's not going to help them down the stretch. I think I think Tampa Bay did something similar. They just loaded up on offense to give Tom Brady more weapons and give him protection. But they're even without the picks, they are so good offensively. And yeah, worse without the line, they would it wouldn't matter. But with worse, that helps. I think though that they're gonna blow out teams left and right. I think their corners issue isn't going to come back to bite them until the playoffs maybe when they play like actual teams yeah but even then i mean they're in a pretty good division the nfc south is going to be tough this year and i think they're going to run away with the division and not right now but another winner of mine and this is a bit of a hot take Mm. is the green bay packers i think five years from now the Jordan Love pick is going to look better than it does now with Rodgers gone. I think A.J. Dillon can come in when Jones isn't healthy or is getting tired and just beat the snot out of the other team's front seven. I'm also high on A.J. Dillon, though. but He's not a bad running back. He, was, he had Heisman hype like two years ago, right? Yeah, I think he had hype early in the season, and then once everyone was like, all right, this is B.C., yeah, they weren't as good as they were two years ago. Um, yeah, all right. All right, Kev, that's our draft analysis. Finally, folks, we're done talking about the draft after three weeks. Um, Kev, you got um, something weird for me? I do, actually. So this was actually last week. Uh, late. Uh, it was on Friday. was the anniversary, the 26th anniversary of it. But Dominic... And he's Eastern European, so I'm not going to pronounce this. He's Czech. Dominic Hasek, a.k.a. The Dominator. Dude won two cups with the Red Wings, I think. And he was a stud. But in a game against, series against the New Jersey Devils, he was down 3-2. He was on the uh, the Sabres. He had a win of four overtimes. He had 70 saves. In that game. And they won one nothing against Marty Brodeur, who had 49 saves and gave up a goal to tie the series, break it to seven. And just 70 saves in a game is absolutely atrocious. That's just insane. I remember I was friends with a kid in high school, and he played – this is a little bit of a story. And he played um, like competitive hockey, kind of club hockey, and he was in a tournament. And a kid in a game had 69 saves. Nice. And they won the game. But then after the game, he took a drug test and had cocaine in his system. So they <laughs> forfeit that game. Oh, my God. Not the kids he was a team he played against, but. That's crazy. All right. Well, I really have nothing for last call today. I really don't. Um... Also, we will have a return of the smooth jazz next week as well. Kev, Kev found a nice one for last week. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess just you know, today's National Superhero Day, as I am wearing my uh, Thor shirt, favorite superhero. But the real superheroes are the people in the front lines, guys. Um, nurses, grocery store workers, um, people got to go into work at the bank, 
get you your money. Um, anybody who's an essential employee, but especially people who are working in the healthcare system right now and are trying to keep us all safe, especially first responders as well. They're the real heroes here. Cops, paramedics, firefighters, they don't get to stop. So a uh, big shout out to them from the Corner Booth and Corner Booth Nation. Uh, we will talk. I got nothing else to say, Kev. You got anything else? Uh, congrats to Joe Gaziano. I went to high school with him, and he just signed with the Chargers. That's how two guys I went to high school with in the NFL. Yo. Xavier Brothers School representing. All right. Great day to be a Hawk. <laughs> just the lamest catchphrase. All right. I'm Jared. That's Kev. My laptop comes out on Thursday. We'll be back to normal. Good. I don't have to edit this shit anymore. All right. See you guys later. Bye.